We turn this morning to the Gospel of John. We begin reading at chapter 19, verses 38 to 42, and then read John 20, verses 1 through 10. That's our focus this morning, John 20, verses 1 through 10. But before we turn to the reading of Scripture, let's ask the Lord for his blessing and that he may indeed work in our hearts by his Holy Spirit and that we may be blessed with this good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, once again, we open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the Bible is read, your word is proclaimed, we pray that we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. John chapter 19, we continue in our series we uh, looked over the last four weeks, Jesus' arrest, his trial, his sentence, and then Good Friday, we looked at his crucifixion, that one word from the cross, it is finished. The Father gave him all, he accomplished all that the Father gave him to do. So Christ accomplished all that the Father gave him to do. That's what it means when he cried out on the cross, it is finished. That was his word of victory. And now today we look at the resurrection. Jesus arose from the dead in his body. We have to understand that. He arose from the dead in his own body and therefore gives proof. That's the evidence that God accepted the sacrifice that Christ offered on our behalf. That is for all who believe on him. It is finished. The resurrection is the proof of that. It's the evidence of that. There are so many places we could go to in the Gospels for that, but we Focus today on John 20, verses 1 through 10. But we begin reading at verse uh, 20, or sorry, 38 from chapter 19, uh, Christ's burial. It proves that he really died. He really died. Okay, after this, John, 20, John 19, John 19, verse 38. Let's hear God's word. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Then they took the body of Jesus, bound it in strips of linen with the spices, as the custom of the Jews is to bury now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was nearby. And our focus is on verses 1 through 10 of chapter 20. And now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran, came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there, 
yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloth lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, around Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also. He saw and believed. That's really that the point we want to focus on today. He saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. Encourage you to read the rest of the chapter because just so many more witnesses of the of the the risen Christ that he actually arose in his body on the third day from the dead. Great news also in the world in which we live today. We hope that this news may continue to spread because that's what we need. We're in great need of, of good news. So beloved, in our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you know the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ can be summarized in five words. If you could summarize in five words, what is it? Think of the thumb and the four fingers of your hand. Jesus died and rose again. <clears throat> Think about that, boys and girls. If you want to know what the whole Bible is about, in a nutshell, the main message at its core, say this with me. Jesus died and rose again. Five words. You know, without Jesus dying and rising in, again from the dead, there would be no Christianity in the world at all. The church, the church of Jesus Christ, is the fruit of the death and resurrection of Jesus. And we see today the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's gathering in the worldwide harvest of believers, of people, through his word. What's happening? Through his word, what is Christ doing? By his Holy Spirit. He's raising people from a life of death into new life in him. Right? The resurrection is still occurring in that people are believing in Christ and being raised out of the old life and living that new life in him. It's powerful. That's the power of the risen Christ at work in our world today. Jesus died and rose again. This is the good news of the empty tomb. You go to any grave today, there's bodies in there. But I declare to you today that this grave where Jesus was laid, where he was buried, on the third day, he arose again from the dead. It's empty. It's full of hope. It's a door for all who believe in him to enter into life with Christ forever. This is the message that our world so much needs to hear. Isn't that the case? Our world desperately needs to hear this message and not only hear it, but believe it because that's life. That's real life. That's real hope. This is man's only hope, everlasting hope in a world that just, yeah, seems to be falling apart all around us. All around us, you see death and decay especially in light of the crisis that we are going through at this time, you begin to realize the things of this world don't bring life. They really don't. 
Can't bring them into the grave with you. There's nothing. The only hope is in the one who conquered sin, death, and hell, and who brings life, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one that we exalt, not only this day, but each day of the year. So come and see, brothers and sisters, fellow guests, listeners, come and see. Join us, won't you? And see that the grave is empty. The grave is empty. And the risen Lord Jesus, he himself, notice he arose from the dead at this point. He himself is now offering proofs. He's giving the evidences. In spite of all the stories that you hear out there in the world, right? People who are against Christ will make up their own stories in their own myths. But this is the truth. The Lord Jesus is providing evidence. He's providing proofs to you that he has risen. And it doesn't stop there. He now calls upon every person, no matter what background, what nationality, what language, to believe and have life. So what we see this morning from John 20, verses 1 through 10, is that the risen Lord Jesus, he breaks through the unbelief among his disciples at the empty tomb. He breaks through the unbelief that is among his his own disciples. Where? At the empty tomb. It's the Lord Jesus who's drawing them to the empty tomb. They might not realize the reason why Jesus is doing that. They don't even know that Jesus is doing that. But it's the Lord Jesus who's drawing them, who's bringing them to the empty tomb. And we're going to see three things. Three things. First of all, what did... Mary Magdalene see. We're going to look at what Mary Magdalene saw, verses 1 and 2. What she saw. And then verses 3 through 7, what Peter saw. And then 8 and 9 and 10, John sees. You notice in the original language, it uses three different words for see. And that's what we want to focus on. What Mary saw, what Peter saw, but John sees. Okay, so we'll look first of all what Mary Magdalene saw. Mary Magdalene, you know, she was a, a, a devoted disciple, a devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, she will never forget what Jesus did for her. What did Jesus do for her? He had delivered her from evil spirits. She had seven evil spirits. You can read about that in Luke chapter 8. And she was always giving thanks to the Lord for how how he had saved her, how he had delivered her by his power, by his powerful word. And she was drawn to Christ by his love, even on this day. I mean, she was the last one to leave the scene of the cross. She was there burying Jesus as they were burying Jesus with the spices. And now who's the first one at the grave? Mary Magdalene, a woman, a woman with a bad past. She's there at the grave. Other women came with her to the grave as well. We can read about that in Mark 16. But John here really brings the focus. He could say he he focuses on one woman, and that is Mary Magdalene, among all the others that were there with her that day, that morning. So in verse 1, we come to know that it was the first day of the week 
What's the first day of the week? Sunday. That's why we that's why we worship on Sundays, because that's the day that Jesus Christ arose from the dead. But anyway, on that day, she went to the tomb, to the grave early, but it was still dark. So it's early Sunday morning. It's still dark outside. Now, why does Mary Magdalene come to the grave? Why does she go there? Well, we know from Mark's gospel that she was bringing sweet-smelling spices, and she was going to put them in the grave clothes of Jesus. This was her way, and also the way of the other women, to show respect to the dead body of Jesus. What we also know from Mark's gospel is that as the women were going to the grave, all of a sudden they remembered, oh yeah, we're walking to the grave, but someone rolled a big stone in front of the, in front of the grave, Who's going to roll that stone away for us? You know, they had forgotten, but even that was in the Lord's providence. Christ causes them to forget that because it's Christ, the risen Christ, who's drawing them, who's bringing them to the tomb in spite of all of that. Well, they got to the grave. And what do they see? Mary stops. She can't believe her eyes. She sees, verse 1, she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She's the first witness of that, the first witness of the empty tomb. What does she do? Immediately. She doesn't look into the grave. She doesn't look into the tomb at all. She sees the stone rolled away, and immediately she runs back to the city. And where does she go? She goes to the people whom she knows, the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, particularly two of them. Peter, and the one whom Jesus loved. Who's that one? John. Peter and John. She is so visibly upset. She is so visibly upset. What does she, what does she conclude? Is she saying, brothers, look, Jesus has risen from the dead. No, she's not saying that. That's not what she sees. What does Mary see? What did she see? No, she concludes that Jesus the body of Jesus has been taken out of the tomb. See verse 2? They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. In other words, she's thinking, how can they do this to the body of Jesus that I have loved so much? She's assuming that robbers or thieves or someone else had come to the grave and stole the body of Jesus. In her mind, the grave is empty, and the, grave, the empty grave is proof that someone had come in to steal the body of Jesus, the dead Jesus. That's what she saw. That's what she saw. Someone had stolen the dead Jesus. She's assuming that the Lord Jesus is still dead. This is what Mary knows. That's what she saw. An empty tomb means... Jesus' dead body was stolen. She's thinking, and she's so sad, so sad, so full of despair, Jesus can never talk with us again. He can never bless us again. He can never make us happy anymore. Everything has gone wrong. The whole world is falling apart for her. And now this, not even being able to pay respects to a dead body, she's so sad, so sad. And you know, Seeing from this point of view, that's not good news, is it? 
There's no good news when you think like that. She with the other woman, though, had completely forgotten what Jesus said earlier. They didn't remember his word. What was his word to them? Jesus said so clearly, I'm going to die, but I shall come back to life again. I will rise from the grave on the third day. They had completely forgotten about that word. Goes to show the importance of, you know, keeping on reading and studying the word of God because those are our glasses by which we see reality for what it is. Yet at this point, Mary is not aware. She just is not aware that Jesus truly is risen from the dead. And that's why the tomb is empty because Jesus is risen. But she's not relying on his word. And yet the risen Lord Jesus draws her in spite of her unbelief. The Lord Jesus is drawing her to the tomb. In his love, he's doing that. He wants her to see. But she's seeing so wrongly. She's interpreting it so wrongly. She's not believing. She's not seeing things right. And yet through her, the risen Lord Jesus in love draws her. But now through her, the Lord Jesus now draws Peter and John to come to that same empty tomb. What are they going to see? Are they going to have their own thinking, their own stories, their own ideas? Will they believe the truth or will they believe something else and think something else? That brings us to our second point. What Peter saw. We come to verses 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. Peter, you recall, remember, he was the one who denied Jesus on the day that he was crucified, just before he was being crucified at his trial. Remember a servant girl this, of the high priest came to Peter and says, you know this man, don't you? you? I've seen you with him. And three times Peter insisted, he said, I don't know this man at all. He lied three times. And he even made an oath. He swore an oath declaring he did not know this man. And yet in spite of all this, who takes Peter in? John does. John doesn't look down on Peter because John himself also lost courage on that day. Think about how they failed the Lord Jesus, how they denied him, how they lost courage, how they fled from him. And yet in the midst of this, the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus is now drawing not only John, but also Peter to the empty tomb. And he does so in his love and grace. He's reaching out to them his own disciples. Peter and John waste no time. They are so excited, but also curious. They're compelled to go to the, to the grave. Because is it really true what Mary is telling them? And therefore we read in verse 3, Peter went out and the other disciple, and they went to the tomb. Boy, did they run. When you want to know something and you want to check out something and you're curious, what do you do, boys and girls? You're going to run. And if you're running with somebody, you're going to see who runs faster. Who's going to get there first, right? Well, that's what happens here. They're older, a little older, but they're running. And who wins the race? John does. 
You would almost think Peter might, but no. It says there in verse 4 that John outran Peter. Maybe because Peter's a little older than John. Maybe John was younger. That's why he could run a little faster. Or maybe Peter was feeling a little bit of shame. Maybe, maybe he's still feeling so much shame that that was still bothering him and that slowed him down in the race. The shame what he had done towards Christ. You know, we don't know the real reason, but we know that John reached there first. Did he go into the grave? No, he didn't go in, but he looked into it. He stooped, he looked in, and he saw linen cloths lying there. But it says there he did not go in. He saw the linen cloths. John takes a quick look into the tomb. He bends to look in, but he hesitates to go in. Why? We don't know why. Perhaps he was giving preference to Peter. Maybe he was thinking that Peter should go in first. At any rate, Peter does. He goes into the tomb. What does he see? Look at verses 6 and 7. John 20, verses 6 and 7. And he saw, there's that word again, saw. It's a different word now in the original than the first saw with Mary. And he saw linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. You know, what Peter saw in verse 6 is not the same as what Mary saw in verse 2. It's a different word for the word see. We don't see that in our English Bibles. It just uses the word see, see, see. But what Peter saw in the empty grave was totally contradictory to what Mary Magdalene saw. I mean, you can understand why people come up with their many theories today. People are always saying things, coming up with their own stories. They see things differently. Well, Peter saw something different here. The word saw here means that Peter studied it. He looked very closely at, at what he saw in the grave, the linen cloth, the kerchief that was around Jesus' head. He investigates the matter, and he looks at it in its, all its details. It gets Peter thinking. It gets Peter questioning. He starts asking questions, and he has no answers to those questions that he has. He's perplexed. He's, a, he's amazed, he's marveled, but one thing he knows for sure, and that is, no, the grave has not been robbed. Robbers did not enter the tomb. Why does he come to this conclusion? Well, think about a robber. If a robber breaks into your house, <clears throat> he does not leave things neat and arranged in an orderly way. A robber never does that. A robber leaves your house, your house is a mess. It's pillaged. It's a mess all over. And moreover, a robber usually doesn't have time to do those things. He's usually in a hurry. He doesn't want to get caught. Likewise, when Peter goes into the tomb, he doesn't see the linen thrown around, the lying spread out all over the grave. No, he sees the linen cloth lying there neatly where Jesus' body was laid. It was there neatly. And then apart from that, there was the kerchief that was around Jesus' head. It was also laying there but rolled up or folded very neatly in an entirely different place in the grave. 
the land the linen around his body and the handkerchief around his head in two totally different places obviously peter comes to the conclusion something extraordinary has happened he doesn't know he's not aware but he does not see he does not he does not see that the orderliness of the linen claws shows displays brings out the majesty of Christ's resurrection from the dead and his victory over death one person says it this way the perfect order the arrangement which rules which ruled in the grave was a symbol of the victory over disorder and disruption brought about by sin and death the risen lord jesus by having these things arranged so neatly and so folded up carefully what is he communicating to us that he's the one who brings order he's the one who brings harmony he's the one who brings us into a new creation yes we hear what mary magdalene saw the body of jesus she's thinking was stolen that's one interpretation we hear what peter saw the linen cloth the handkerchief arranged and neatly folded but neither of them at this point are seeing are they they're not seeing the truth they're not seeing the reality they are not understanding unbelief needs to be broken into before we can see before we can see reality for what it is and there's no way we can do that ourselves we need someone to break our unbelief and that brings us to our third point you know we looked at what Ma what mary magdalene saw what peter saw but john sees he sees he really sees we come to verse 8 then the other disciple the other disciple is john who came to the tomb first he went in also and he saw and there we have the explanation of saw he saw and believed again there's a third word for saw or yeah a third word for saw which is different from the other two in the original language in other words here john saw through it he comprehended he believed by the grace of the risen lord jesus christ john's eyes are opened he sees belief has broken through he sees the truth for what it is he goes into the empty tomb he realizes he understands what has happened there you know brothers and sisters the risen lord jesus he opens eyes to see he's the one that does that he shows us the truth jesus is risen from the dead he can do that indeed he is risen he has conquered death he has conquered unbelief he has conquered the grave he has opened the door from the grave to life and to all who believe on christ the risen christ we have the assurance you may have the assurance and have no make no doubt about it you have the assurance of life everlasting and the resurrection of our bodies when jesus returns in his power and glory those are promises i mean just as jesus was risen from the dead so we can be that assured that those who believe in him 
will have life everlasting. Our bodies also being raised from the dead. That's our living hope, isn't it? In a world of death and decay, where everything seems to be passing away, which everything is passing away, but not Christ and all who believe in him. The seeing the Lord gives through faith. Even faith, even faith itself is a gift from Jesus so that we may believe. You know, brothers and sisters, and all who are listening, believe. And you will see, you will discover things you have never, ever realized ever before. A whole new creation opens up and it's real. It's real. It doesn't mean the struggles and the pains go away, but there's more to come. In the risen Lord Jesus, God brings order. He brings beauty back into our lives. He brings us life. He restores life. There's a new creation. He brings us out of the mess that we brought upon ourselves when, when we sinned against God. He brings us out of death. It's free for all who believe on him because he paid the price for that. And he proves that by rising from the dead. He gives life. In him, we enter a new creation. Now, the question here is, Peter was a disciple. John was a disciple. Mary was a disciple. They had the same evidence, the same empty tomb. They all saw the same things. But why is it that they don't come to the same conclusions? Why did Peter not yet come to the same conclusion as John? At least not yet. Why did he not see as John did? You know, they both saw the same facts, the same evidences, the same proofs. They both saw the empty tomb. And another question is, why did John only see now? Why not before? When Jesus said that was words. Look at verse 9. We hear the reason in verse 9. For as yet they did not know the scripture. They were not at this point, believing the scripture, they were not understanding the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. That's what Jesus had told them before. That was his word. Jesus had explained it to them many, many times, again and again, why he must die and why he must rise again. So why didn't they get it? I mean, Jesus told them umpteen times, but why didn't they get it? Because... Their eyes were not yet open to see it. That's a gift of grace through faith. Here the risen Lord Jesus in his grace, in his love, he breaks through their unbelief. He opens eyes to see. He now opens their eyes, gives them the gift of faith so that they believe. And he begins with John here. You read on in, in John chapter 20. Mary Magdalene also comes to see the same thing as John. She sees the risen Lord Jesus Christ in his body, resurrected. <laughs> and so does Peter, even after that. Just continue reading John 20. The Lord breaks through their unbelief. Today, you know, today we don't need to go and see the empty grave. There's no need to go to, to, go to Jerusalem for that in order to believe we have 
his word. This is sufficient. Do we believe his word? We even have the witnesses before us in his word. We have the witness of Christ. We have the witness of many others that he indeed arose from the dead. Read 1 Corinthians 15. 500, more than 500 saw him. These are the witnesses. We need to believe his word. His word is sufficient. His word is truth. So many people you hear today say all kinds of things. And they want you to see it their way because they don't want you to believe what Jesus said. They don't want you to believe his word. But remember, we have everything in the risen Lord Jesus Christ. For all who believe, the reality is that in Christ there is forgiveness, life everlasting. There is the true hope of life everlasting. Outside of Jesus, if you don't believe in him, you have nothing, nothing, only only rubble, no hope, only death, only hell. It's Christ who opens the grave, who opens our minds, who opens the prison that we are born and chained in. He's the one that opens those doors. We need to have Jesus open our minds and understand the scriptures, don't we? We need to believe. John himself says later, you know, John sees and if you go to the next chapter, he says, these are written. So he's talking about the word of God. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So come, come, see the empty tomb in his word. Don't stop there, though. Don't just see it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe these things on the basis of the scripture here. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. By believing in him, you have a life, real life, a living hope. And don't stop there with believing. Let us go forth from the empty grave and bring this good news to others. Share your witness to those who don't know. Because the risen King, Jesus, he breaks through the unbelief by his word and by his spirit today. That's his work. Notice how he broke through the unbelief of a Mary Magdalene, a Mary whose life at that point was hopeless and filled with fear. He broke through her unbelief. She saw she truly sees as John saw. The risen king, the risen Lord Jesus, breaks through the unbelief of a Peter, his confusion, his uncertainty. He sees. Yeah, Mary sees. John sees. Peter sees. Believing in the risen king, our Lord Jesus Christ, makes all the difference. Without him, you have nothing. With him, you have everything. You know, Peter, and I conclude with this verse as an encouragement to all of us. Peter, whose eyes the Lord had opened to see, he writes these words later in his first epistle. 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Amen.